Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, if you're you're back again for another round, you know what the format is of the show. But uh, if not, a uh, brief little rundown on, on what the show's about and a little bit about me, and then we'll kind of get started. Uh, this is the first show of uh, the month, and uh, one of my favorite shows to do because I get to read my column. Uh, I'm a columnist and a writer. I write a monthly column called Snake Oil, which I've been doing actually since 2003. And uh, I'm actually in the process of publishing uh, volume one of all of my columns. Uh, I am also a published author in a few other areas, and uh, I am a navigational consultant. Uh, I'm an astrologer, a numerologist. Uh, I do tarot and runestones and animal cards. I've been doing uh, private uh, counseling sessions, uh, which I like to call navigational consultations, with people for oh, almost 20 years now. And um, I do that in my home office here in Phoenix as well as by phone. So if you want info on any of those things, of course, you can go to my website, which is definitely here on the page, and get info about contacting me about that. And... Uh, I, I teach and I talk about a wide range of metaphysical subjects, and that's actually one of the focuses of the show and also of the uh, monthly column, which is where we got the snake oil idea from. So, again, welcome uh, everybody today, whether you're listening live or in the archives. Uh, good to have you here. And uh, this is, again, it's our, our first of the month show, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off by reading this month's column. And uh, if uh, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about the subject, and then a little later on, I'll, I'll open up the phone lines if we have any callers uh, that want to comment on the uh, subject of the day or um, have any other questions they want to ask. Uh, we'll, we'll only probably get about 15 minutes in for mini readings later on, but we'll, we should get a little time in on that a little bit later. Uh, again, uh, first show of the month, we focus primarily on the column. And, uh, but we will have a little time for that a little bit later on. And uh, next week's show, of course, is, is a listener's choice show. So if you've got uh, a lot of caller uh, questions and you want to try to get in a five-minute mini reading next week, that's going to be a good time to do it. Uh, anyway, okay, so again, I, uh, I usually pop out the column uh, for the most part monthly. And uh, this, 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 this uh, month's theme appropriately, of course, is relating to Thanksgiving. So I call this month's column Gratitude and Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll read that, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about that. Okay, so when the sun entered Virgo, I found myself getting more clear on a need to get a number of things in my life fixed. Most of these things were simply tangible stuff that had either worn out or needed to be replaced or fixed by me or a repairman. I had, a water condensation, I had water condensation that was dripping out of my constantly running home air conditioning unit through most of the summer. A few of my clients actually had to dodge these annoying but harmless drops as they entered my home. The main unit is right at the entrance to my home, so it was unavoidable. My office chair broke. I needed new tires for my car. My guest toilet wasn't filling correctly. There was a long list of many things that had broken down or needed money thrown out towards solving them. I also needed to fix my body. I had overindulged through most of the summer and grew a little bit of a pot belly that I wasn't thrilled with. It was time to get lean again. 
I needed to start eating better and minimize the intake of sweets. It was only a, spa- a tiny spare tire, but it needed to go. Virgo and sixth house triggers were pushing me to get everything working again. In the early spring, I had met someone with relationship potential. It was moving slowly, yet it looked promising just the same. It was amazing to feel the excitement of the possibility of falling in love, and it looked like it was actually going to go that way. It had been a number of years since I felt a connection like this, and I was excited to see things things would lead. There was real chemistry and more than a few positive signs of compatibility. Sadly, by mid-July, things were slowing to coming to fruition, and this was then followed by a familiar disappearing act. He stopped calling and texting without an explanation and seemed to vanish. My logical mind was clear about why this had occurred, and I also knew that there was a possibility of resolution in the near future, but my heart still hurt. The practical reasons for this retreat were understandable, but the emotional body is never satiated by logic. In addition, there were more than the usual share of problems with business and a few of my clients. While the summer months are typically uh, a bit slower, I had an excessive amount of no-shows for appointments, people forgetting to make payments, and a few who simply decided to drop their normally scheduled regular appointments without any warning or explanation. This parade of irascibility and disrespectful behavior ended up contributing toward my coming up financially short. Most of the delayed payments inevitably arrived, so this was less of an issue. But the clients who scheduled appointments and never actually showed up were the primary cause of really putting some serious strain on my financial world. I ended up late on a few bills and was hit with a number of late fees because of all of the inconsistency. None of it was tragic, but it was a bit of a frustrating summer. At the same time, some really good things were happening. I finished my second book, got another column published, and was poised to start another potentially lucrative project that involved teaching people how to gamble for free and how to take really inexpensive Vegas vacations. I also rediscovered my gratitude journal that I used to write in almost on a daily basis seven years ago. When I consistently wrote in my gratitude journal about all I was grateful for, it seemed I had fewer things to complain about and more actual things to be grateful for. I started writing in my gratitude journal again. It was part of my prioritizing the repair of things. This simple act that only took about four minutes each night was part of my spiritual repair. It felt good to shift my focus from the things that were frustrating to the many things I had to be thankful for in my life. I began to feel happier, and I could see that my outer life was beginning to slowly reflect this back to me as well. My decision to fix and resolve things at multiple levels was working. I could feel some of the pieces of my internal puzzle coming together. I was spending too much energy being frustrated by the minor difficulties that my day-to-day life seemed to be handing me. None of the problems I had encountered over the summer were life-threatening or worth getting so frustrated about. My focus on irritation was drawing more difficulties my way like a magnet. Rediscovering my gratitude journal was my higher self's way of redirecting my focus. I really have a lot to be thankful for. I'm healthy as hell. I have a successful business where I get paid to do what I truly love. I had an opportunity to launch another business radio show that is all about teaching people how to play. I have amazing friends and family. I have the best kid in the world, my cat. I get to take really inexpensive luxury vacations monthly. 
The more I thought and wrote about things I was thankful for, the more I realized how huge the list was. My problems were minimal in comparison to my blessings, and I could see how truly lucky I was. Adversity comes and goes. Difficulties are rarely permanent, and like all things, simply have their seasons. When the autumn equinox came, I happened to catch a documentary on HBO about the process of becoming a U.S. citizen. The filmmaker traveled to all 50 states to interview immigrants who were taking their legal steps to becoming U.S. citizens. Many of them were in tears when they talked about how much they loved this country. They shed some powerful light on a million things we all take for granted. It was touching. I felt inspired and it made me stop thinking about how much is wrong with the country. I've been piecing together some thoughts about the economy and current politics, and this contributed to my resolution. I was clearer than ever that the extreme left and the even more extreme fear-based right were pushing buttons to polarize everyone, and I knew that sanity only existed at a center. Neither side had all the right answers, and both sides had stubborn, dark elements that were fear-based. Some of the less objective media were creating smoke screens to keep everybody arguing and placing blame while ignoring the simple need to fix things. When we commit to the process of healing any aspect of our lives, it requires addressing those issues from multiple angles. I became clear about why my new relationship stalled. I had an opportunity to forgive. I realized that the more frustrated I got about financial screw-ups, the more I drew similar problems and issues to myself. The clients who were screwing up were not intentionally trying to harm me. The people in our lives had their own challenges and growth experiences to deal with. More often than not, the people who have caused us pain had no idea that they were doing so. I started to eat healthier food and skip my late night snacking. The cookies and ice cream I devoured many nights in the summer were no longer interesting. With a little help from my angels, the non-physical and a few physical ones, I was able to let go of my irritation and anger. It felt good to forgive. It was not only forgiveness toward a few difficult people who had offended me, but mostly forgiveness toward myself for letting myself get caught in a victimization trap again. It was clearer than ever about why I had drawn these experiences into my life. Thanksgiving is nearly here again, and it's one of my favorite holidays. I get to indulge. This makes my tourist ascendant part of me happy. For a day or two, and then go back to a sensible eating pattern. While we all have difficulties, have had difficulties in the past, and maybe still in the present, uh, we can still find things to be grateful for in our lives. Gratitude journal is very useful for this purpose. While it may be difficult to remember to consistently write in it, we will eventually become addicted to it. It's one addiction that is good for us. While some of the conditions around the original Thanksgiving, the pilgrims and Indian stuff, were questionable to say the least, the idea behind it is still solid. Gratitude and a healthy giving and receiving ratio are necessities in staying balanced. Healing requires committing to resolving and fixing what isn't working, not just endlessly thinking about how someday I'm going to finally take care of this. Shifting our focus toward what is positive and what we're thankful for moves us into a place where we can create more things to be thankful for. Okay, so that is my column. I guess that was kind of a long one. Um, uh, by most of my standards, sometimes I have to be careful about uh, getting uh, too long with, with columns. So, you know, we, we made a lot of points here that I think were really important and, and really, really valid with this particular piece. So, yeah, uh, we have uh, Thanksgiving on the way, and uh, you know, again, a, a good reminder to everybody that no matter how difficult things may be, uh, we always have things to be thankful for. 
I think it really is an important thing to 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 remember to focus on, because you know, I mean, you know, I've noticed this, and I've talked about this on past shows. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of people that have had difficulty. I mean, I know I know people that are have been had out of work for a year or two. I mean, I know people that have lost their homes. Um, you know, we've we've encountered some difficult times in the last couple of years. Um, very few people haven't been touched by that at, at some level. Because if it isn't something that you were directly dealing with, like the loss of a job or, um, you know, uh, any other financial difficulty or any other difficulty, period, you have friends and family and people who are being affected by it. You know what I mean? So, you know, you, you can't really escape, I think, some of the, this, this energy of this difficulty that has that has been around so, uh, you know, everyone's gotten hit. And, and this definitely was not an easy summer. You know, I had a lot of um, clients that were really going through some tough times, too. Um, you know, I recognized that even when I wrote this piece, I realized that some of the people that were late on payments and that uh, no-showed for appointments, you know, maybe they, they thought they could afford it and they realized that they couldn't. I mean, I wish um, – I'm always sort of amazed by that, though, because – I don't even. I wouldn't even care if someone calls me ten minutes before an appointment to say, "Listen, I got caught up at work, or I'm not going to be able to do this, or I need to do a shorter session, or I need to delay payment." I mean, then it wouldn't even bother me. It was just more of the issue of no showing and not calling. It's really amazing um, that, that people do it just out of my own conscious league of things that I will do. And I would say that's probably because it's just how I was raised, and also the joke that I would say that I'm half German, which makes me very anal about, uh, you know doing things correctly and adequately and effectively and pragmatically and all that quote-unquote good stuff. That's the good side of being German. Uh, but uh, so, uh, you know, I, I recognize that, though, that, that a lot of people w- were struggling it and really, really having uh, difficulties. And, uh, you know, it was really, really understandable. I mean, I could go into a whole list of things that I that I had clients uh, who were dealing with that were really, really tough. So, again, I want to say, you know, a lot of my listeners also, you know, have your own areas of difficulties, you know, with home values and and work and cuts in salary. And, you know, we see a lot of this being reflected back out in the world, the whole um, current occupying Wall Street uh, movement and various things relate to a lot of this stuff that's going on. You know, people are definitely stressed out a bit. So this brings us back around to the subject here. So, it is really easy to get caught into uh, what is frustrating and, and where we're having difficulty and where we're struggling. Definitely not a tough thing uh, for that to happen because, again, most people have had or currently have a little bit more than they might like on their plates, so to speak. But uh, one of the things about I think that's such an important element of Thanksgiving is this idea of, of gratitude and being thankful. And, you know, it's always funny because I say that I – out of all the holidays that exist, uh, Thanksgiving is definitely my favorite holiday. I think if I had a pecking order of holidays that I'd like, um, Thanksgiving would definitely be at the top of the list. Believe it or not, it probably would follow with Christmas to some extent. I do kind of like Christmas. Um, almost the rest of all the holidays I really are, are largely meaningless to me. In fact, they almost they more irritate me because they kind of, usually like on a Monday or something, they ruin like my uh, – 
my banking and all, all the other things that I'm used to doing because I'm so so uh, anal sometimes about doing things that way. But uh, and, and on the, actually, and, and, and Halloween isn't a bad one. But you know, a lot of these other holidays are kind of meaningless to me. Uh, I think that um, I like Thanksgiving because I have very good memories associated with Thanksgiving. Also, uh, you know, just you know, eating and kind of stuffing yourself and and enjoying things like turkey and and all of the you know the getting together with family and the hanging out and, and all of those things. I really, really, really like. In fact. Even when I moved to um, Arizona uh, 20 years ago from uh, New York, uh, you know, it was tough because I left family behind, but I, I, some of my family moved out here, a little bit of my family, but, um, you know, I made new family. I have lots of friends uh, that are like second family to me, and I, I certainly spend time with them, and I've got friends with children, and, you know, so, you know, I certainly created extended families that I'm part of. So um, usually on, on Thanksgiving, in, in in my social group, you know, it, it's it's my my little sister who lives here with her husband, and you know, a couple of other friends that you know have families that are out of area, and we all kind of get together and you know maybe bring a dish and kind of do kind of a hangout thing. So again, I like the holiday. I always kind of have. So what I was writing about and what I talked about, I want to get back around to this particular subject matter because I think that this can be a big help to my listeners today about kind of shifting the reality of difficulty into the reality of having things to be thankful for. You know, what I wrote about in the piece and where a lot of this came from, and I had mentioned that, uh, was when the sun was in Virgo, a lot of planets were in Virgo. You know, typically when things are in Virgo, we often kind of get into fix-it mode. You know, anyone who is a Virgo, of course, understands this fully, but we all got Virgo somewhere in our charts. You know, even if you're Scorpio, you have Virgo somewhere in your chart, whether it's occupied or not by planets, it's always occupied when planets transit through Virgo. Now, the other element of this, without getting really technical and boring anybody to death on this, is um, what I call six house placements in astrology. The sixth house is the house of health, maintenance of body, harmony, um, day-to-day details and activity, fixing and resolving things, a technical mind, service, so it's a very similar correlation. We all have a sixth house somewhere, too. So for me, this was the transit that was kind of pushing. I was getting hit at dual levels with both Virgo uh, transits as well as sixth house hits. So, of course, my head was in fix-it time, Jim. You know, and I and I joked a little bit about getting a little bit of a pot belly. Normally, I get really lean in the summer. Um, but, I, you know, for some reason, I was, like, you know, making cookies and, you know, like twice a week and, and picking up chocolate and, you know, having ice cream once a week. And I really was kind of being a slob, um, which was really fun. But um, I definitely reached a saturation point where I was like, I don't like looking down at this little belly. I know it's frustrating. People see pictures of me and they would say, you're not fat at all. And it's my own version of fat, which is, you know, if I'm 5 or 10 pounds over over what I like, uh, I feel fat. You know, it's own personal thing. Someone could be 40 pounds overweight and be perfectly happy, and I'm happy for you. But uh, so I was getting triggers all over the place, and yeah, things were breaking apart. Uh, any of my clients that that came here in my home office know about dodging the water drops. 
the AC unit was messed up and it was there was overcondensation, so we had the water droplets coming down. I mean, it had buckets of water. I had to mop the floor. I mean, oh my God, it was just bordering on silly. But you know, typical for me, and this is being classic Sagittarius, I think at some levels too. Whenever things are difficult, I'm like I get annoyed, but then also I always always kind of see the humor in it. At the same time, like after a while, I start to laugh how ridiculous it is that I have buckets of water at the front door. My cat would always kind of have the most difficulty because she couldn't go out. You know, that would be her normal route out. She has to dodge around water. We know how much uh, cats hate water or love water. Um, anyway, so there were, yeah, things were falling apart. And again, and it was a, it was a, it was a tough time over the summer, uh, you know, financially. And, you know, in the past, whenever I had uh, money got tight, you know, I always would get a part-time job bartending or waiting tables or something just to supplement the income. But in Arizona, you can't really do that in the summer. Um, it's 110 degrees. Most restaurants are slow to begin with. And then, then you know, and for me, I'm you know going to be 47. It's not that I can't do it, but, you know, you reach a point where working with a bunch of 22-year-olders isn't exactly your highest ideal. So I was a little bit trapped. Uh, but, again, you know, like I was talking about in the piece, what did kind of dawn on me, I saw this documentary on HBO, and it was really amazing. It was like a something 50-state visit to different um, uh, to watch that process of people uh, becoming uh, American citizens. And I got to tell you, if you can catch this, I wish I, I can think of the title of the of the documentary, but um, they did. They go to 50 different states. I know they mentioned something about that, and they're really talking to people from all over who are in the process of becoming citizens, and uh, really powerful because we we do we we do take a lot for granted here. I mean, as stupid as things are politically now and almost always, um, <laughs> there's a you know we we have so many things. I mean, just things like the fact that you're running water and you have bathrooms in the house, and you know I mean, and, and things of that nature that you wouldn't even really think about in that sense. You know, are missing in in a lot of countries. You, you really see that through people's eyes that gratefulness that they have toward toward having access to things of this nature. So that was really a powerful uh, push for me uh, around this whole particular subject. And then, again, like I had written in the piece, I, I kind of rediscovered it. My gratitude journal, uh, I used to write in it some years ago. And, and what I did with the gratitude journal, I'm going to make a suggestion for anybody listening if they don't already have one, is is I would kind of write five things each night. I usually did it before I would go to bed that I had to be grateful for. Um, you could write more. You can write less. Um, there are times even now that I'm doing it again where I'll go five or six days and I forget to do it and then I'll do it three or four days in a row and then I might get lapsed for a bit and then I go back on it. So, um, But I, you know, I like the idea of five things. You can do more, you can do less. But really what you want to do when you write in a gratitude journal is you want to just focus on the things that you're thankful for. And again, I can't stress this enough, no matter how much difficulty you know you might be encountering there's always things that you could be thankful for. And, again, it, it just really takes kind of that process of thinking about it. I mean, if you even saw a funny show on television that night, if, um, you know, if you were able to have a good dinner, you know, if you've got, you know, a loving, a loving children or family. I mean, there's so many different things that we could shift our focus on toward being thankful for. And I think that that's what the key is, is you've got to really 
um, begin to kind of think about what you're thankful for. And that actually kind of starts this process going. Because what we, we, we sometimes forget, and, you know, even if you're already kind of metaphysically inclined, you know, don't beat yourself up if you forget this from time to time. And if you're new to some of these ideas, you know, in a nutshell, you kind of get what you focus on. So your unconscious mind, your subconscious, believe really everything you tell it almost as if it's a fact. So, you know, people who are having trouble losing weight are often focusing on being frustrated about how heavy they are. Um, you know, when you're having trouble paying your bills and money's tight, your mind tends to constantly race and think about how am I going to get the money for this? What if this happens? So what ends up happening, of course, your psyche keeps refeeding the negative in that sense because you're thinking about it, which then unfortunately keeps kind of recreating the negative. So it's kind of a vicious cycle. But there's good news in all of this too because because you're – your 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 psyche, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, manifest events and things around us according to our beliefs. The trick then is to change your beliefs. So, you know, there's a little bit of a, almost a fake it until you make it element here. The more you focus on what you're grateful for, the more you um, have something to be thankful for in that sense, the more you focus on that, what kind of ends up happening is it almost becomes a magnet in a different sense. You begin to pull in events and circumstances and things that actually start to magnetize better things kind of coming your way. Um, it, it really does work. Uh, it, it's kind of odd in that respect because it does kind of take a little bit of a trick to get the hang of, of changing your thoughts. Because really, if you think about it, it's tough you know, say, I'll just use this as an example. We'll use the financial stuff. I can use a million examples, but we'll go this direction. Say you're, you know, you got a cut in your salary. Um, and I, in fact, I have a perfect example. Let me use this as an example. I have a very good friend of mine who's a substitute teacher. He's actually an actor, but he also does substitute teaching to supplement his income. Probably not coming as a shock to most actors. Uh, a lot of actors have to find ways to supplement their incomes. And he basically, when he did substitute school teaching, I mean, he enjoys it. He's very um, good at English and, and other subjects. And um, so he would, I think he used to get about 100 or 110 bucks a day for uh, substituting. So if he ended up doing three or four uh, substitute days um, during the weeks, he'd, he'd get some extra income. He'd get three, 400 extra bucks, you know. Um, and frequently there would be opportunity to do that. Sometimes he didn't have a lot of opportunity but one of the things that kind of happened over the early part of the summer is they lowered the amount of pay for substitute school teachers. So they went from, again, I think it was either 100, 110 down to 85 bucks a day. Now, that's pretty staggering, by the way. You know, that's really a bummer. And I can, you know, I can launch into a whole discussion of other political things around this, too, that will pay a basketball star you know, uh, $15 million a year, but we pay our school teachers nothing. Oh, another subject, but um, it was tough because not only was there not a lot of work, but he was making less when he did it. So now, what ends up happening? Here's why I'm using this as an example: is you become irritated and frustrated by the situation, and then you start worrying about not making ends meet and not making enough money. So you know, you get in your car and you're driving to school, 
and you're thinking about the fact that you're getting screwed out of this extra money, and you're getting irritated about it, and you're thinking about it. And later on during the day, you think about it, and it pops into your head again, and you think about it. And so it's actually really natural to be irritated by the situation and frustrated. But what happens for most of us is we, we keep thinking about it. It almost becomes like, again, it's almost a magnet in the negative because we keep re-energizing the frustration and the and the issue. Now, what we want to learn how to do, and I want to talk a little bit about this um, because it's it's helpful information, I would hope, but what you have to kind of do is you have to begin kind of honoring your frustration around the area that's irritating. You know, in a sense of, you know, like I said, give, giving yourself five minutes to be irritated about it, and then after five minutes say, okay, I'm done being annoyed. It is what it is. That's what the situation is. I'm not going to waste any more energy on that. And one of the methods and the formats that I have for doing that that I frequently told people that is, is very effective is, you know, um, you can ask for angelic assistance. You can ask for your higher self to help you with it, to help you to lift up your thoughts to a higher, more evolved place. And ask that to happen. Because when you ask, often it will. You'll find yourself kind of, you know, feeling happier or just beginning to pull your energy away from kind of the, the lower chakra stuff or the negative. So it, it, it can take practice. And, and, you know, yeah, you can screw up. You can get irritated again. You get off that, that path, and then you start thinking about it again later on. So it takes a little bit of a practice. So there's a little bit of denial here, strangely enough, if you think about this, because you have to kind of not keep focusing on the situation that's, that's irritating you. But, you know, what happens, though, is... We are infinitely creative human beings, and there's always solutions and options and things that can come out to help to resolve. So my, uh, you know, my friend is an example with the teaching uh, situation. He was frustrated by that, but he didn't stay too overly frustrated on it. He took a job doing some pedicab work and uh, some other stuff that he did, and then he actually got a really good acting job that paid him three grand. So he got a big chunk of money that helped him through the summer. And what I find is that when you're able to take your energy off of the worry and the rehashing and the anxiety and, and slowly break away from that, you kind of clear a space for the universe to come up with some other solutions. And it's kind of knowing that at a deeper level that it's, as strange as it sounds, it's the universe's job to take care of us. Um, you know, uh, there's even a reference to this in, in, in the Bible about, I don't mean, know the exact quote on this because I'm not a Bible guy, but um, about, uh, you know, that, that God kind of takes care of the, the birds and do you not think he takes care of you. So it's the idea that you tap into this kind of infinite resource that, that there are options and creative solutions to the problem. The reason that sometimes the creative solutions don't come in that easy actually is often because we become like a battering ram of staying on what we're frustrated about. And then we're almost blocking those solutions from coming in. You know, I use this as another example of this. Um, some years ago, uh, when the economy took its, its one of its early bad turns back in 2008, my business that I'm doing now, counseling work, navigational consultations, astrology, all those things, was really thriving and doing well. And when the economy took its dip in 2008, my business literally in about a six-month period was cut in half. It was really tough. I lost about half my income. And when I kind of got quiet, I meditated on a solution. The solution that came to me at that time was to go back to waiting tables and bartending part-time 
and I just was cringing at the idea of it. I remember being so like annoyed almost at my spirit guides for even suggesting such a ridiculous thing. Um, and, you know, after things got difficult, it got more difficult and more difficult. So finally I actually had no choice. I put a resume out and I applied at a couple different restaurants. And I ended up working at a restaurant that, lo and behold, for the most part, I really actually enjoyed. Like it was fun to go back and work with the 20-something, 30-somethings. I really had a great relationship with the owner. Ended up being kind of mostly a positive experience. The last few months of it were a pain because the owner eventually lost the business and shut down. That's a whole other story. But uh, for the most part, it was an awesome experience. And I, I got extra money coming in, and there were times when it was quite a bit, and I was very loved there, and it ended up being kind of a fun experience. So this is what I'm talking about. The solutions will come in, and sometimes we don't like what the solution is. You know, I mean, because really, you can think about this even in other areas. Uh, you know, like when you're in a relationship and, say, your spouse cheats on you or leaves you or wants out of the relationship, you know, it's not uncommon for a lot of people to be hurt, to be offended, to be scared of being alone, to be worried. But most people will tell you, and I've used this joke before, so I'll repeat myself, but I, um, most people will tell you that often after a relationship ends, you know, once you're out of a marriage or something, most human beings, you know, six months, a year, two, three years later, you're not like clamoring away for the person anymore. You, you know, my joke I always say is all exes get hit with the ugly stick. Meaning that you reach that point where you're like, look, you know, I mean, it was a blessing in disguise. But you can't see that often at the time when you're going through it because we feel victimized, we feel hurt, we feel afraid, we don't know what's in front of us in that sense. So, that is, it's very easy for us to get consumed into those emotions and those experiences, sadness and helplessness and all of those things. And I always say, again, you've got to kind of give yourself a little time to do that. But don't do it too long. You know, do it enough to then say, okay, now let me, let me kind of roll up my sleeves again. What do I have to do next? And to even go into that joyfully. Because you might be surprised at the cool experiences that are kind of coming down the pike. Um, you know, a higher self isn't our enemy. It, it knows what's best for us in that sense, even though sometimes that's hard to see it. Okay, I noticed we've had a number of people jumping in and out of the chat room today. Um, no one seems to be uh, commenting, but people are hanging out. So welcome, everybody. Uh, we've got another 10 minutes or so of the show, so I want to thank you all for joining me and listening to my uh, babble for the day. Um, and wishing everybody a uh, you know a happy Thanksgiving and a happy November. Um, I know uh, we're really lucking out here in Phoenix. The weather is gorgeous. Um, you know we paid for it over the summer, but like today it's uh, it's like 81 degrees here or something as a high, and it'll go down to probably like 60 degrees, 59 degrees at night. So uh, I mean just gorgeous, 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 gorgeous weather. Great thing to be thankful for. Uh, so let me throw up the call number. We don't have a lot of time, but if you want to call in and you want to comment on this subject today um, or ask a quick question, uh, that number is uh, 646-200-3966. You may need to dial a 1 before that. Again, that's 646-200-3966. And if you have any comments or things you want to say, you can also throw them into the chat room. Uh, we've only got about 10 more minutes of the show, so I won't have a lot of time to talk, but you're still welcome to take a shot. 
Um, I'll be here again next week, and then that will be the Listener's Choice Show. I usually do about two of those a month that kind of give us more time to have listeners call in and ask, you know, for the little five-minute mini-reading or ask a uh, you know personal question, which I'm absolutely always open to doing. Those are fun, and uh, I know it's often really helpful to other people listening. A lot of times the calls that you guys make and your questions are similar to what the people listening are, are, are asking about, which is really an interesting kind of correlation that, that goes on. In the meantime, let me get back to this subject about the Gratitude Journal. So we talked a little bit about this. I mean, the beauty of a gratitude journal is also, of course, that you don't, um, it doesn't cost anything. You can get a cheap notebook. You can staple together a bunch of pieces of paper. I mean, I like to have kind of a cooler, um, nice uh, gratitude journal. But, you know, if if, if money is a little tight or, you know, something like that, then absolutely, um, you know, go to a dollar store. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, go through the notebooks and things that they have at most dollar stores or bargain bin stores, and it's often easy to find kind of cool stuff in those places. So, you know, not so tough to find those types of things. I mean, get a gratitude journal that you think looks good, that feels, you know, comfortable for you, that, that, that you think is attractive and appealing. I mean, you could be thankful for your gratitude journal. But um, it, it's a, this is a very subjective kind of an idea because it won't work for you unless you do it so you know you can even you know if you're not that much prone toward writing although i I do like writing because it's so tangible um i think that that's a positive but uh you may get up and meditate and spend five minutes running through a list of things that you're grateful for each morning or each evening um and this also can be done at random times you could be at work and take a break and go to the bathroom and while you're proverbial is sitting there or standing there, whatever the case may be, you can run your mind through a list of things that you have to be thankful for. And I'll tell you, it's a contagious type of an energy. Because when you begin to do it, you really do start to see how we actually have really long lists of things to be grateful for. Um, you know, I, often in my gratitude journal, it, it sounds like such a simple, dumb thing, but like I'm really grateful for my cat. You know, it's a constant stream of unconditional love. I have a really, really good kid um, who just gives me little to no hassle. In fact, I just laugh like in the morning when I get up, I usually make breakfast and sit with a cup of tea and watch like a half hour of television. My pattern has been to tape um, the show Chelsea lately in the evenings and watch it in the mornings and uh, on the DVR. And I usually will sit and drink my tea and, and kind of just, you know, for a half hour, an hour before I start the day, kind of just chill. But what's so funny is my cat will just play on her own. She runs up and down the hall. She plays with these little colored blocks that I have. So it cracks me up because she'll tire herself out after about 20 minutes of running around and thinking I'm playing with her and pretending and you know, in and out the, you know, the front door if I leave it open. She does this for a little while and then she goes back to bed. It's funny because it makes me laugh because aside from being incredibly cute, you know, how much did I luck out that most of the time I don't even have to actually play with her, that she can just play on her own and be completely entertained and then still be totally happy. So, you know, uh, definitely one of the things that, that I'm grateful for. In fact, we've got a feral cat issue out in this condo complex that I'm living in. And, um, you know, one of the feral cats had four kittens and uh, fortunately or unfortunately had them under my stairway I live in an upstairs condo and, and actually had them under the stairs. 
So at night, the mother kind of comes over, and I don't, I don't think they're there during the day. I don't know where they go during the day. But at night, this seems to be their parking spot. And the mother sits there on the baby's feet off the mom. And sometimes I watch it, and it's just, I mean, I think that nature is such a healing force when you just kind of relax and just look at nature. Um, I like to sit on my back patio and sometimes and just simply watch birds um, also, and something about that is is very very healing, and very very um, calming. Um, I think you know there's something just so amazing about how nature operates, and you know, just remind people we're nature too. We're just nature with an analytical mind. <laughs> we we have a, we have instinctive centers, but we don't use them to the degree that uh, animals do. Animals use them and don't really have that analytical mind like we do. And that analytical mind gives us tremendous uh, ability to focus on manifesting and creating things. It also can mess us up, of course, because we can get up caught in fear and illusion and all of those things, too. So, um, you know, there's different ways to kind of heal and rebalance yourself, but I also like to kind of remind everybody that... um, there really is a lot of, of benefits to focusing on what you have to be thankful for. You know, Thanksgiving is a great holiday reminder of that, but we don't necessarily need a holiday to remind ourselves to what to be thankful for. So my homework for any of my listeners today, I'm going to throw this out to you, is I, if you don't already have a gratitude journal, I'd like you to do that. I'd like you to begin um, writing in a, a gratitude journal and um talking about the things that you are thankful for on on kind of a daily basis. Um, I'm actually giving you more of a gift here than you might know, because if you start to do this, um, you'll see kind of an interesting thing that happens. It seems like the things that we have to be grateful for begin to increase, like you get more of them. It's almost like, again, it's just this kind of contagious type of an energy that happens um, you know, you'll, I think you'll see this sometimes in life too. In other ways, like you ever notice you have days like when you get complimented, and then you start getting even more and more of them. A big part of that is because you are now feeling confident and more proud, and and you know, and, and being uh, feeling good about yourself, which of course magnetically makes people see that in you too. So um, this is really this isn't just esoteric thought and idea this is very real in that sense that you kind of to some extent get what you concentrate on so um my suggestion for all of my listeners of course is absolutely start your gratitude journal you know give the gift of a gratitude journal to someone as well too and suggest it to them uh you know make a pact with a partner or friends to say okay i'm going to push you and we make sure we do this on a regular basis and you will you'll begin to see some really kind of amazing shifts that happen in life. You know, I'm I'm catching this. I when I started a month or so after I did my gratitude journal, I was recently interviewed by the Arizona Republic about the work that I do. Uh, there's a very good chance I'm actually going to be doing some television stuff. Um, definitely, some shifts began to happen, and I, I don't want to minimize this. Man, this was a really tough summer. So if you've gone through some difficult times, we want to help you out of that. We want to bring you out of that 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 process. You don't have to stay there in that sense. You know, um, I would say the, the the benefit of difficulty is to learn how to have not not to have more difficulty. So gratitude is the key. Okay, looks like we got just a couple of minutes here. So um, let me mention a few other things. Uh, I will be 
back here uh, next week. I'm here almost every Thursday, and we'll have our listeners' choice show, so uh, you can bring up a subject to talk about. Otherwise, I'll just go on whatever tangent I want to, and also have more time for call-ins. If you want to call in and get a five-minute little mini reading on a subject or a question, that's uh, next week's show, and probably actually the show after that. I'll do that, too, because then after that we have Thanksgiving, which is a Thursday, and I'm probably not going to broadcast on Thanksgiving. Um, so, yeah, you're welcome to do that. If you're not already uh, getting my uh, monthly newsletter, uh, email me at, at, at yahoo.com or at mentorwords at mac.com and get added to the mailing list. Uh, it's free. Monthly column, I do discounts on, on my reading specials and uh, classes and, and uh, having some audio CDs and tapes and my books and all those things. But the column itself is just really good. I, I've actually got almost 900 people getting the column now, so feel free to add yourself to it. And it is blind copied, meaning no one will ever get your email address from me. I don't share that. Um, so, uh, and also, of course, again, check out out of my book, Snake Oil Volume 1, or Dirty Little Secrets. And if you're interested in um, uh, a one-on-one session with me, and that's going to be done by phone, uh, go to my website, um, web.mac.com slash Ventura Words. Info is on the site here. And you can find out about any of that. And um and look to set something up. Uh, I do a good 50% of my clientele by phone, so none of that is an issue. I even record the sessions. So, okay, looks like we're winding down here. Um, thank you, everybody who's jumped in and out of the chat today. Nobody called, but that's okay. Um, I know we had quite a few people popping in and out. Um, Sveranuka, Sveranuka. Um, one of the last people in the chat room, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for joining me today. I know a lot of people the archives. So uh, I'm wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving. You all got some things to be grateful for and focus on that because then you're going to increase that. So thank you much. Jim Ventura signing out, and we'll catch you all next week. Cheers.